bluest skies you've ever seen are in Seattle And the hills the greenest green in Seattle Like a beautiful child growing up Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. Okay, I think I think we just need to get the question of the week out of the way because there's oh so much to talk about from the last month. Oh, I, I'm sorry. My producer is saying it's only been six days since we last recorded. Um, based on uh, the moves any GM has made, who is going to make the biggest mistake in free agency this week? My heart says one. My brain says another. My heart says Ron Francis. My brain says Cliff Fletcher. <laughs> yeah, I'm going. I'm leaning Ron Francis myself. King of inaction. <laughs> and and I am. I'm one of the few people. I'm totally down with the Kraken, given Landis Cog seven years at eight and a half million. I'm fine with that. Whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But I have a feeling there's going to be some other bad ones out there. I mean, like monumentally bad. I- I'm thinking that there's going to be. I mean, because I have. The Kraken have a bunch of defenders that they need scoring. And um, I suspect that they're going to get mediocre you know, goal scorers um, because, you know, they don't want to. They want to preserve cap space, which they're apparently never going to use. Except, uh, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. We don't have time to dig this out today. Just no, no one, just, no one has that much time. No, no. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I, I, I wish upon all wishes, but they'll never do it because, again, they're a first-year franchise, and we don't want to blow out all our assets in the future to make a splash this year. I would like them to to see if they can't get a um, offer sheet for someone. I don't have anyone in particular in mind right now. You just want chaos. I uh, yeah, you know me. Mm-hmm. Always down for a little bit of chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm sitting here and the one position that that they are desperately in need of help in is center. I think we can all agree that, right? Yes. So, boy, howdy, is the old center um, uh, pool very, very, very thin. You know, you I would walk away from the first, oh, 20? That are on the UFA list. And the first one you run, first one that falls out of that is Alexander Wentberg. So, okay, you know, why not? Go for it. Outside of that, it's just a uh, sugar, you know. 
Okay. Oh, yeah. Let me uh, let me ask. Um, did Francis and company did they did they pick up a lot of Swedish players? Oh boy, howdy did they ever. <laughs> okay. Will that counteract the effect that Vancouver brought in the Sedines to work in the front office? Oh, because gonna- ev- everyone is making that connection. But is there enough enticement to get Elias Patterson to actually sign on the dotted line? Because he is one of six, excuse me, five forwards for the Canucks that are restricted free agents. He is the only one without arbitration rights. Now, some of the other guys, besides, I mean, Connor Garland, our guy, player blank avatar so i think they look elsewhere because i i don't think petterson will sign he won't pull a sebastian aho sign an offer sheet to just get a contract done Oh, and by the way, my answer to this question is uh mark bergevin because um he's gonna lose philip deneau He's going to probably overpay Corey Perry, and he's going to hamstring himself somehow. He already has, but that's a, well, we're probably not going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we're going to – enough's been said on yeah. – you, know, you know, I think we've all made ourselves fairly clear about the ass hattery that were the last two picks of the first round. Um <sighs> Well, not uh, just that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, other stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's here's a giggle, and I hate bringing up this team's name, you know. Um, Ronnie, Ronnie, and uh, Ass Hat Number One in Montreal. Um, it, it appears have a little bit of a feud going, maybe. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes me like Ron Francis more then. Okay, see, that's kind of where I'm going. And I'm sitting here looking down the old list of centers, and oh, hey, look at this. There's this Yasperi Kotkaniemi kid who is RFA. Huh. Huh, what? How did he play in that last game of the playoffs? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. And yeah, his his popcorn per sixty was pretty good. His popcorn per sixty was very good. Um, he's twenty, and uh, hmm, you know, I'm 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 thinking that might be worth. You know, let's see what the old salary was here for him. Oh, uh, hmm, yeah. I'm thinking the old, uh, the old, uh, um, what's the word I could say here? The old, let's, uh, um, Kevin Lowe, Brian Burke, get the offer sheet out and, you know, deal with it in a barn a few days later. And my money would actually be on Francis in this one. I think he's more wily. Sure, mm-hmm. you know, asshat number one in Montreal has got the, you know, the brawn, but sometimes it slows you down. Mm-hmm. If there were only we need a to get, cent- we need to ahead, get that on. I was just gonna say we need to get that on pay per view. <laughs> <laughs> well, ESPN would cover in a heartbeat, right? Mm-hmm. No, I meant the barn fight. That's what I'm saying. ESPN oh, yeah. would cover in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yes, and yeah. one of the more interesting things is um, when it comes to asshat number two GM, uh, Ron Francis has picked him clean a couple times. If there was only a center available that was worth something on the Chicago roster. I wouldn't touch anyone in that Chicago franchise. Oh my well, God, no. The, <laughs> the only one I might consider would be Adam Gaudet, but that really doesn't really stick it to no. Bowman and company, well, but it might plus, be a decent depth pickup. God has well, got his own issues. <sighs> yes. And wouldn't it be fun to send him back to the Pacific Northwest? Anyway. No. no. <laughs> um, um, an, another one that, you know, I'll be interested to see what they do with is um, Kiefer Bellows because, boy, howdy, old loophole Lou has found himself flush with cash. Really quick, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. I think somewhere around twenty-six million in free agency. Now we figure what twelve of it will probably go to Suter and Parisi, six six each. Oh, it'll be less than that. He he'll put the strings on both of them, which is fine, you know. And, and because that- because got bring back at least one of Kyle or uh, Travis. Right. Probably Travis because he's the older player and he knows him longer. Right. But, you know, and 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 we sort of go back to the Vinny LeCavalier. You know, once you get bought out for one of those big honking deals, what do you care how much you get paid? It's a double paycheck day. Yeah. yeah. And so, wouldn't you think some GM would be smart if Lou were to bring in, say, Parisian Suter as a package deal? You immediately target Del Cole or Bavillier if you think either player is worth something, and you take the chance in arbitration. Well, I think they would probably go with Bavillier. I don't. I got the weird feeling they're they're not sure what Del Cole is yet. Yeah, and but, he's already twenty five. So right. But there's another name on their list that was available that the Kraken didn't take that I thought might have been an interesting pick, and that was Old Kiefer Bellows. So Kotkaniemi and Kiefer Bellows would be a couple of really interesting offer sheets to throw out there. <laughs> you get a couple of young centers, maybe haven't been given a chance with their organization, you know, to do anything. They'll come in fairly cheap, right? Because uh, they're both uh, non-ARB RFAs, I think. So... Yeah, you could get a couple of deals done there. And if not, you just, you know, you look a little further southwest from Long Long Island, and there's old Philip Heedle. So, this is lovely fantasy talk and all, but what are the odds that Francis is going to offer Sheen? You know, no, no he, he, he values draft picks way too much. Yeah. Way, way too much. And so when he, you make vanilla picks, and he, he selected apparently good players, but save picks. He wants to keep them for, for a few more years. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, all they're going to end up targeting are UFAs and boys at pool just. That's that's kiddie pool that's been sitting out in the sun for a week, you know? Yeah, the old, I mean, given how weird this offseason is, 
When were they or when are um, qualifying offers? When was that supposed to be done? Yeah, that's a dang good question. Yeah, I'm not sure. I would have thought before the draft, but maybe not. So would I. And there was talk of some people might have got that to make them eligible for the expansion draft. But I don't know. Everything's up in up in the air. So going back to Landeskog for a second, um, Makar signed a massive contract. And, you know, Landeskog, I think, was still hoping against Tope he would end up back with Colorado. Do you think that that was a Joe Sackick, yeah, you're not coming back, Gabe, sorry, kind of thing? <laughs> no. I... I think he set the ceiling and said, you aren't getting paid any more than this guy, mm -hmm. so I don't care what you're asking. Right. Okay. And Rantanen is the ceiling on this roster. Yep. Yeah, I think the only person that resets the ceiling is McKinnon. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's going to reset the ceiling any gross amount because I, I get the sense that that franchise and those players right now are going to say, here's what I think I'm worth. Here's what I want to take because I got four other guys or five other guys on this team that need to make this money too. Otherwise we're just going to be Toronto. I mean, that's, that's what McKinnon did last contract. Well, yeah. You know? Yeah. McKinnon will be, he'll be in the same line as Stamkos was during that infamous day when he resigned, he'll get a good number that he probably should have had already. And it'll be in what's claimed to be that last flat flat cap year in 23-24. So structure, I think, will be the biggest thing for McKinnon. If he can get enough of it up front and bonus money, I think you can appease him and get his number down when Taves is up, if they want to keep him, they're going to have to worry about Bo Byram and at least a goalie by that point. Yeah. So ne- next year is really the, I think it's do or die for the abs. But given that McCarr came under Rantanen's number, if Landeskog is willing to give up a little term, just for the next three seasons, I think they can get a deal done and leave room for for Grubauer should you know they want to get the band back together. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Landis not Landeskog's going to do it. <laughs> I, he may not. It depends how much he's cooled down and, and what he thinks now after a week of stewing. After seeing what the what the uh, free agency picture looks like. Hmm. He's kicking himself because he's not a defender. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. I gotta God, I really gotta wonder how hard Seattle went after him in that in their little window. Not hard enough. Yeah, not very hard. They talked to him for like there was talks for one day and then that was it. So yeah, it wasn't that that was what the report was anyway. But my I think I phrased that wrong. I'm wondering who put the brakes on it. 
I see. Oh, I think it. I think it's Ron. Do you? I'm wondering I if do. it wasn't Landy's camp because that was before the McCarr deal was done. That's true. And I don't, you know. I kind of think it was mutual. It may have been. You know, I hope I, they were both like, well, I, I, you know, I don't. I need to think over what you said, and you need to think over what I said. And there's still the draft to go, the entry draft to go through. So why don't we just circle back on like Monday and see how this goes? You know, in theory. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't know. And and and. I always just get the, the the feeling that if it's a short negotiation period, it's it's the player that cuts it off for some reason. If it's a longer one that doesn't go anywhere, it's because the player's not happy or the team's not happy. I don't think teams that want someone just go, hey, how you doing? No? Okay. You know? Hey, we're thinking no. about this. Because there's usually some back and forth and... You know, especially in this scenario, I just wonder if it was Landis Cog popping up and saying, hey, guys, um, really cool to talk to you. Not interested right now. I want to see where things flesh out with Colorado. But to your point, Cassie, come back and talk to me in a couple of weeks or on the 28th. If not, you know, if I'm not done by kind of like what Don Waddell said, if the Doug, if the Dougie Hamilton deal isn't done by Wednesday, then they're out. Right. So I'm wondering if there was if if that may have been a message from Landis Cox's camp saying, you know, and not just to Seattle, but like to any other team that's courting him. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, guys, you know, that's all great and good, but we've had a hard deadline here with Colorado. They get first rider refusal type thing. After that. Yeah. I, I kind of think that, the, I mean, and this would be the prudent thing to do anyway, is to like talk to all the interested teams come back and sit on that waiting to see what Colorado is going to do. And then the ones who made the best offers, if Colorado's not coming up with the money and term that Landeskog wants going back to whatever teams had the best or most interesting deals. Yeah. Yeah. Cause at that point he's sacrificing a year, right? If he goes to free agency. Mm-hmm. So, and he may be fine with that, you know, that takes him to what, 36, somewhere in there, 35, 36, depending on when his birthday is. So how about it? Now, does that address Seattle center need? No. <laughs> yeah, apparently, speaking of centers in Pacific Northwest, I guess the Canucks are trying to target Tyler Johnson. Good. Because they haven't done enough to completely bonk their cap this year. <laughs> no, right? no, not this year. Next year, in the and year after year that, in the year <laughs> after that, in the year after that, and I can keep going. And so on, and so on. It's just 12% salary retention. I mean, just, I know I made the joke and I'm going to make it here again. That just feels like a service charge, doesn't it? <laughs> you know, it's apparently one team wanted. Uh, apparently Vancouver wanted something like 20 or 30%. And of course, Arizona wanted none, but 12% just seems so arbitrary. It's like, you know, for this transaction fee, we're going to charge you 12% of one of these contracts. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, is that is that the paper cost for the NHL central registry? You know, there's a 12 percent charge for us to make this trade with all these moving parts. It's a processing fee. It really is shipping and handling. Yeah. It's just 12 percent. What the hell? A hardly. Oh, God. It's like a couple of God. Does anybody understand what Vancouver is doing, by the way? I don't think yeah. Vancouver understands what Vancouver's doing. I I see the logic and what they're attempting to do. But it is a huge bet. Are you a mind reader or is this <laughs> Uh, I, I've been I've been known to um, similar wavelengths. It's not that okay. I can read the mind, but there there's something that goes off when my mind is, uh, you know, at the same frequency as someone else. So so the next the next GM um, opening you're going to get called right because you know. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Ah, okay. um, Basically, they have Quinn Hughes. He's kind of SOL. He's kind of stuck in what he can get. He has very little leverage. They're rumored to be moving Nate Schmidt. God. You know, one bad year, and let's write the whole thing off. Um, One bad year on a bad team. Yeah. Okay. Where does this this sound familiar? Oh, yeah. Jordan Eberle. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even a bad year. It was a bad playoff. Anyway, sorry. And the big issue is who's going to play with Hughes because OEL is not the – they're both left-side defenders. Sure, you can have the older guy play on the offside and don't let him cross the red line. Getting rid of some of their, you know, fourth-line contracts will help them in the long term. But they only have – 12 forwards signed for next or 12 skaters signed for next season. They have to be one today. (laughs) Yes. Thank goodness. So the, yeah. So he'll get picked up by Montreal. (laughs) Well, him and, uh, you know, TDA, Mr. D'Angelo, who's a free agent because they, they need a right side defender to play on the power play after all. Okay, I don't. I don't want to get into it. I was always no. questioning whether they had to buy out said player in Vancouver or whether they could terminate his contract for cause. But that's a different discussion for a different day. Yep. So, um, well, you know, poor old Quinn. You know, what he really needs at this at, at this point in his life is well, some almost brotherly love. Yeah, you know, a little familial support, and and I, I'm, you know, as we seem to be on a theme this week of brotherly love, why not? That does not include Philadelphia. Oh, no, no, it, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's northern Philly. Yeah. No, I know. I'm just, you know, it's like people say brotherly love, and every a lot of people think, oh, Philadelphia, city of brotherly yeah. love. It's like, no, 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 no. We're talking yeah, actual I, blood brotherly love here. I, I, so. I, I don't think anyone in their right mind can say Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, without knowing it's sarcastic. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's meant in an ironic way. Well, lots of things are like meant that. in an ironic way, and people take it too seriously. You know, I just I'm just this waiting for Rasmus. Animation. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> I'm I'm ready for Rasmus Ristolainen to dress up as Santa Claus because that's the only way I think he could get booed any harder next mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cam Atkinson smiles. Just it's tough to hate that, even even for that crowd. Oh, oh, but if the New Jersey shit. Devils could just offer Sheet Quinn Hughes, which they cannot. No, don't need to offer Sheeta. All Quinn's got to do is is uh, pull a pull a chef at the UN, right, and slam his shoe on the table and demand to be traded. Well, given that Fletcher has made a number of moves, Montreal has uh, opened their mouth too damn much. Vancouver's bending's going to bending, and that's why he was omitted as an option choice for this week's question. Um, what Mr. Brad Tree Living's been awfully quiet this weekend. And we're not thanking the hockey gods for this? Can he control himself on Wednesday? I think he's a little too... There's the old cartoon of... um, Oh, I'm thinking of the Roger Rabbit. The The opening cartoon of Roger Rabbit where, you know, baby is running around and the babysitter is trying to put out all the fires and all the other stuff. I think that's true living right now. I think he's got a number of fires in his own house he's trying to manage and put out. And I don't know as if they've had much of a chance to look at doing anything stupid. You know? It's been awful quiet on the Kachuk front. It's been awful quiet on, you know, on the the player battles with Sutter. On the other player battles with Sutter. It's mm-hmm. been awful quiet on a lot of their fronts they're they're i don't know what's going on they're just laying in the weeds trying to probably fix everything and then yeah maybe you know free agent day it all blows up and they do do something stupid but that's gonna be a wild one yeah they just seem like one of those teams that could have a plan ready to go if we can get player x to this contract we will move you know, A, B, and C off our roster. Yeah. Which, which it could go either way. Like, I don't love what Cliff Fletcher has done. But he's done something. He's done something, and it may prove <laughs> dip, it may work out next season. Sure has done something, hasn't he? Yeah, he's, he's done something. Whereas a year from now, we can hold that against... We can hold that against them, but some folks in Seattle might say, man, wouldn't it be nice if if our GM would just do something? They're already saying that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They're already saying that. (laughs) The biggest thing there is they have too many players and they're not at the cap floor and they have to be compliant. Right. So there's the ability to do something stupid, but... 
Uh, <sighs> oh, I didn't have anything else. No, it's it's too much is up in the air. Oh, the answer will be Don Waddell because of the goaltending situation. <sighs> oh, dear God. All right, before we go any further, it's almost 4.30, and Pat needs to go, so I have the question. Unless you would like to go, Pat, and let... No, no, right. no, you, you got it. Okay, so here's my question. There are a lot of unsavory things happening in the NHL most recently. I'm not sure if that's a case of um, there's more exposure of those things, or there's more of those things going on, and it's probably a little bit of both. So, if when you get to the point where you just cannot stand watching the NHL or any of its teams anymore, which may be sooner rather than later, depending on where you're at, what league are you going to deign to watch to get your hockey fix? And why? And you pray that you will find someone warm and sweet and kind. But you're not sure what's waiting there for you The bluest skies you've ever seen are in Seattle And the hills the greenest green in Seattle Like a beautiful child growing up free and wild Full of hopes and full of fear This has been the 3v3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3v3podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.